This episode of Cinema Swirl is brought to you as ever with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. $5 OTP backers get instant access to every single episode of Cinema Swirl, a monthly exclusive bonus show where Kevin and I review bad movies. There's over 40 hours of content up there right now that you'd get access to straight away in its own little podcast feed. It's lovely. And this month we reviewed the 2001 Tim Burton Planet of the Apes and next month we'll be having a Tom Cruise swill vote. So you wouldn't want miss that it's a great time to sign up why not head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl to find out a little bit more right let's get swirling Cinema Swirl, a podcast with Sam and Kevin, episode number 77. Oh. I am struggling. Uh, help me. <laughs> Hello, everyone, once again. <laughs> Romping through the podcast that looks at movies that Sam has not seen. And by rights, he bloomin' should have. Hello, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin, here recording that podcast with my OTP, Sam Chaplin, brackets the bit I said earlier, is how you describe him how are you doing today sam very well thank you i am oh i'm in my 30s now so i'm, I'm in the club by the way Yay! this is the first recording we've done where i'm in that horrible horrible club how you getting on how you doing are you all right yeah yeah fine got some slippers you know i'm sorted <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what though mate i'll tell you what though mate dirty 30 <laughs> have it have it yes you love it yeah i'm uh, dirty 30 flirty 30 hurty 30 my back is getting me but you know most of all just glad to still be here still, still uh, uh, why don't you uh, get a little bit more dressed up and then we can be shirty 30 together instead i'm sick and tired right. of this nonsense no need to get shirty with me mate there's, there's, there's no need. You know, leave, leave it out. Leave it out. All right. Oh, what's that? All aboard! Da-na-na-na-na. Oh no, that's a. It's not a train. It's a boat. We're on a Tom Cruise today because it's the Tom Cruise special. Who'd have thought? Seventy-seven episodes in, and I don't get lucky. Then luckier number seventy-seven. That's why today we're looking at the darling of Hollywood, one of the biggest names of all time. Apparently, it's Tom. Cruise, Sam, what do you know about the golden man of Hollywood? He's short. Shorter than you think. Shorter than you think. I Like, I really wanted to go in Guns Blaze and just be like, Scientology, mate. He's a Scientologist. That's we his gotta thing. We got to stop it, guys. We got to stop it. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget being in Galway and once all my friends found out about Scientology because they saw a documentary. All sat around the table in the pub. We, what are we? We got to stop, stop it. Come on, guys. Get, <laughs> get another round in. Let's figure it out. They didn't have scampi fries. That would have cracked the code. <laughs> yeah. I know the Scientology thing. I know dancing on the sofa, talking about how much he loves Katie Holmes. I was going to ask you why he was dancing on the sofa. I think it was just he was so happy to be so in love with Katie Holmes. He was I'm just in really, love! Yeah. I, I'm in love! I think I remember a uh, a Balls of Steel... Uh, that's a blast from the past. Balls of Steel moment where wow. someone squirted him with a water pistol at a... Oh, you know, yeah! At an event, oh and it became like big news because he was just like, "You're a jerk. You're a real <laughs> You're jerk. A jerk. You're a jerk. Why would you do that?" And there's just this 
Oh, you know what? Oh. I was coming here going, my whole angle was going to be like, why is he such a big celeb? And then once you reminded me of that, I'm like, that's why he's one of the most watchable men on the planet, especially if a prank is being done on him. Uh, you know what? He, he was a passionate man, though, wasn't he, in those heady days of the noughties, mm -hmm. jumping up and down because he found a woman he loves so much he can make her give birth in silence. He was uh, a very uh, excitable <laughs> young man, Tom Cruise, wasn't he? Is that a Scientology thing? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. But like, it's it, it's ridiculous that a man is allowed to make more noise jumping up and down on a sofa than the woman in labour giving birth to his children. <laughs> yes, there's all sorts of things about Tom Cruise. He is, was, and continues to be big celebrity, big Hollywood, big deal. You know, Tom Cruise. He's to, he's the Tom Cruise of Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise. You know, he is the absolute definition of proving the rule that if you ignore something, it doesn't go away. Because I I tried to ignore Tom Cruise because it was just like one of those things that in when I was a teenager, I he just he was the big name of the nineties. So once it got into the nineties, you're a little bit sick of him. Like yeah. ah, you know, that's the thing that was always on when I was like a little kid or whatever, and he was still there and the mission impossible movies of which today we are looking at the first one of mm. were ubiquitous then now and always as tom cruise himself yes i'm pretty familiar with mission impossible as a thing i've seen Have lots of stuff about seen it any of them no that's no. the thing I, I don't think i've seen the, i've seen bits of them that's the classic cinema swell thing of me, so i've seen bits well but i mean like, fairness, we were all both watching the mtv movie awards back then so there were some pretty on the nose parodies of these are you ready to see will ferrell pretend to do a heist for mission impossible because <laughs> i am i think i've seen philip seymour hoffman being grumpy or something in a sweaty room with tom cruise they're sitting on chairs or something i've seen that how do you see an interrogation scene from the third mission impossible movie what what context did someone interrogate you and make you watch it then? <laughs> what do you think of this? What do you think of this scene? I bet this is our character for the Philip Seymour Hoffman that you're used to. <laughs> I know the music. I know the music. What's the music? From... Give me the music. No, I'm trying to do that little... I'm in love. I'm in love. <laughs> Here, do you remember Mission Impossible as a TV series? Is that something that you saw growing up? No, but I think I'm aware of the fact that that song predates the films. Because I feel like I saw something reference that song in something that came out before Mission Impossible. I have no idea what it was or what it is, but I feel like I'm something else... I'm sure it's else... been used as like a, a mix in, you know, it, it's been yeah. sampled and stuff like that. I'm sure it has been. And like the whole thing of the original Mission Impossible TV series is that you had like the long fuse going... And that was... I do remember uh. when this movie came out, a lot of like that kind of MI nostalgia was in the air. And they were trying to, and I think very successfully, get that similar like oh, you're nostalgic about this in the way that GoldenEye fans should be nostalgic about old Bond. You should be yeah. nostalgic about old Mission Impossible as well, which is very effective. But I don't really know anything about the TV show or what it was, other than it had the same song and presumably the same characters? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, some I, of what, the same stuff. <laughs> what happens in Mission Impossible? Right, okay, here we go. Doesn't sound like we're going to get very far with this, if you know what I'm saying. Well, look, Tom Cruise, yeah. 
or indeed any member of the Mission Impossible universe. Uh, what's the, what's the, are they a team? Are they the government? Or who are they? I was trying to think about this before we started recording. I was like, who is who is Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible? <laughs> who is the who Mission is, Impossible? Who is he? I know these questions are very, very important because I won't have any of this, none of this shit matters chat on this podcast, all right? Okay. If I'm about to invest over 90 minutes of my time into something, it better goddamn well matter so everyone Listen up, okay? I've got the term special agent okay. and spy in my head. But I think okay. that's just because I'm thinking along the same lines of Bond. And he'd go on a mission and presumably he'd be the one who does the missions that everyone else thinks are too hard to do. And they'd be like, don't tell anyone, it's a secret mission. Shh. And that's why it's called Mission Hard, because the missions are so hard <laughs> and he can't, that you know, mission difficult. <laughs> They're not impossible, because of course he fucking does them. There, there would be more films if he hadn't done the mission, right? It can't just be a succession of films where he fails these missions, because there's no dramatic tension there. So it's mission borderline doable, okay, uh, but tough is what the film should have been called. How about mission narrow window for success? <laughs> <laughs> MNWFS, like what's the wrong, you know, it's a good movie moniker. You know when you get an achievement on a video game and it comes up and there's a little thing where you can look into how many other people have got that achievement as a percentage of overall players. Look, I'm not denying that it's going to be a really, really small amount of players, but people are still getting that platinum trophy, you know. (laughs) know, That's what Tom Cruise is doing. He's a really good gamer in the game of sneaking around and spying or whatever he does. I have a question now because I feel... The, the the water of the Mission Impossible lore and universe beyond, what are they doing then? It doesn't seem to be much deeper than that. So I do want to circle the wagons back around to Tom Cruise and ask yes, him possibly okay, yeah, yeah. An, an impossible question mm. that may have to inquire some musing while you're watching this movie. Okay. Can we agree that he's unlikable? Because I, I don't want to go into another question unless we can kind of establish that. I don't hate him. You know, no. I think, you know, and that's not me saying that I love Scientology or any of the stupid shit that he stands for or the horrible things he's done. But like, I don't like, fr- like, he doesn't inspire hatred in me like a lot of other men in Hollywood do. I think the thing is, he's interesting, you know, not... But he's, he's unlikable though, right? I'm yeah. saying, he's not hateable, but he's very unlikable, right? Is he yes. too intense as that is? There's an intensity there. An unknowable intensity, not like kind of a, oh, this guy, I've seen him get a bit intense at times. It just kind of like, it feels like there's an alien energy inside of him. I'd be a fucking Scientologist too if I was Tom Cruise. Isn't that fucking weird? Here's the thing with Tom Cruise, is that when you see him be relatively normal and charming, that seems like a remarkable thing. The interesting moments of Tom Cruise is when, oh, he actually seems all right there. And everyone's on board with him and he's okay. Like, if he's yeah. on, like, Graham Norton or something and he seems yeah. nice. But that's like, because, though, you reckon he's got, like, a team of people that have, like, figured out the exact formulation of questions for him to answer and the manner in which to answer them. And, like, I reckon he practices those things he says on those uh, on yeah. those shows. You know? Like, if anyone had a scripted podcast, it'd be Tom Cruise, not oh, us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hang on there. Sorry, second. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right, we can go on now. <laughs>
So he goes through almost resurgences of people saying, actually, Tom, no, Tom Cruise is doing some good stuff now. And, you know, he's and like Simon Pegg's best mates with him or summer. And everyone's like, oh, well, he must be all right. Because uh, Pegg's, Pegg's great. And they're buddies. Mm, they're hanging out. I know. Simon Pegg's got that fucking sadness in the eyes, though. Like, not even a million Star Wars movies <laughs> is going to get rid of that on we. <laughs> There is something there. But yeah, no, Tom Cruise, you're right. Not not immediately, li- not likeable. Not, ha- no. not, not fully hateable. Case in point, mm. around the start of this pandemic, a thing came out where it was him having a meltdown on set. Right. And I was like cracking the knuckles like, all right, here we go. Someone who's a big Hollywood A-lister making a film. Having a meltdown. And I watched it and I came away going, oh yeah, good on you, Tom Cruise, actually, for saying that. Oh, did he have a quite reasonable meltdown? He was very, very, very angry, but everything mm. he said was kind of like, yeah. You know, he was giving yeah, out about people not, not being safe on set and not wearing their masks and oh, how many okay. people's jobs were on the line and how the studio was only doing it if they, you know, this was going to be the blueprint for other movies to return to work. So take it seriously. And people are like, ha like when Christian Bale didn't like the lights. I'm like, well, uh, that shows that he's not hateable because if it was anyone else, I would have been on them like fucking, you know, all over like a cheap suit, you know? The thing is, unlike the Christian Bale thing, I didn't become aware of this meltdown, really. And whereas the Christian Bale thing spun off into remixes and memes and I still, to this day, think, ah, da-da-da-da, walking over here in front of the lights. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fun stuff. But that's... The one with Cruz didn't have the same effect. And the jerk thing, you know, when he gets sprayed with water, and he's like, you're a jerk, you're a real jerk. <laughs> to be fair, that guy was a jerk. He was. You know? He was he a jerk. Was. The man's come to you know, <laughs> speak to him for an interview, and he's just been sprayed with water. That's a jerk move. So he's almost oh uh, reasonable in the times when he seems like a bad guy. I- I'm trying to have a look and see which Tom Cruise movies I've seen, just having a little browse of the Wikipedia. Yeah, like what your history is of, of him? Because you feel like he's someone who will just be slipping into a movie now and then you know mm. like there are all these blockbusters with them in they've just been coming out year on year i've not seen any of them since the early like 2004 i think was the last time i'd seen a tom cruise headline movie until randomly i put on this movie called like i think Ob- oblivion or edge of no what was it edge of tomorrow which is the mm. most generic sounding thing ever and it, it was awesome it was really good okay. it was yeah and they kind of played off of oh, some it- of his foibles as an actor you know is that a time travel one yes it's yes. very good indeed you I should go seen check it but i've heard very good things about it you all should watch it in spite mm. of everything your body will tell you as you press the play button i'm looking through the list of tom cruise films and I, I don't feel like i've seen that many like the ones i'm uh, that are coming up are top gun now top gun i have seen that's why that wasn't ah, in the vote okay that's all right now which is is funny because top gun not being in the vote was a very upsetting moment for a lot of people including mm. me for the five minutes when i woke up this morning too tired i was like why did we put that in the vote oh yeah of course i've seen it <laughs> right so you know those sorts of things where your friends get you around and you're like let's watch Top Gun and we'll put Top Gun on laugh at Top Gun and have a good time bloody, watching Top Gun I'll tell you what as well let's put it on the bloody telly have it look at him up there on the fucking screen hey. so I've, I've watched that with some of my friends the same group of friends who I watched Star Wars the not the Clone Wars what's the what's the put a crimp in my day one the animated one the Clone uh, Wars the Clone Wars <laughs> the same group we, we watched that with 
but I, I think maybe I've missed out on more, not with that group of friends, but missed out on that kind of thing of like, oh, yes. let's put on this classic film. And But that was an example where I have done that and it was Top Gun. I remember thinking it was fun in a kind of rubbish way. I don't think Top Gun's like crap, but I think it's just like, you know, a bit of fun. I mean, there's a small part of me that's kind of relieved we don't have to do it for this. Because <laughs> it's yeah. a movie that people find infra joy in and I feel I couldn't maintain a whole episode's worth of fake optimism about it. Like, you know. <laughs> but then I can't find much else that i've seen him in but i've seen tom cruise oh i saw i, I saw his cameo in tropic thunder the ultimate cameo am i right now here's the thing that's why i was going to put to you and i put it to joe the intern earlier to see what she reckoned to this yeah his celebrity supersedes his film career as in you know tom cruise and most people know tom cruise far more for him being tom cruise than the actual movies he's been in and it's been that way for nearly 25 years yeah and he's look he's been in some big boys he's been in some big movies but i no, think it- big movies have centered no. around tom cruise <laughs> projects no <laughs> i agree with what you're saying though like the idea of Tom Cruise and the celebrity of Tom Cruise and the drama around Tom Cruise and the the Cruise news <laughs> does heard- overtake the actual acting performances of Tom Cruise, which I don't really think about that much. I've not seen them, but apparently, I don't know if you have, there are photos of Nicole Kidman on, like, literally the day she divorced Tom Cruise. Right. And she looks, like, ecstatically happy. (laughs) She's like, you think it's like a fucking advert for her new movie. She looks so jubilant, like, looking to the skies. I think we may need to pull this up on screen right now. have a look. (laughs) Let me get a hard copy of that. Oh my god, okay. Is that actually the... Right, I've just seen the image. I've popped that over to you, Kevin. Just have a little look at Nicole there. Let's have a quick look at Nicole. Wow! Yeah. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) That's a happy person. That is a very... uh, Happy, relieved is another one, you know? Visceral relief and joy yeah i've had that look on my face when i've left like really bad jobs i thought that would never end that i'm out baby well good yeah. on you nicole like you know get your happiness where you can find it this isn't well for some to have the joy of being able to divorce tom cruise <laughs> <laughs> i'd love that I could do with that. I'd break this lockdown malaise, get to divorce Tom Cruise. Almost worth marrying Tom Cruise for the joy of For the sweet Tom relief. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, he's a tabloid feature, is Tom Cruise. He's always popping up. Controversial. Is he a good actor? Um... <sighs> That's hard as well. I can't, I feel I can't even answer that. I've I don't watched think he's a famously a, bad actor. I don't think no. anyone's saying Tom Cruise is bad acting. No, he's competent. He's got his yeah. working shoes on. You know, he'll deliver the performance. I think Tom Cruise acts. I'm going to put myself out there and say that he's an actor and he can act. And do you know anything else about like what he does in his movies in terms of what Ooh. he does that's different, perhaps? Yes, yes, I do. Ooh. He does his own stunts, I think. Ooh. I think he's a stuntman. Now, I've not done enough research on this to... Mm. 
have the right inflection in my voice there because that ooh was an ooh that one way could be like, oh wow, he does his own stunts and that's really cool, like Jackie Chan. But yeah. on the other hand, that ooh was also like a, he does his own stunts in the way that, you know, Ron Atkinson, he drives his own really fast cars. So and like, I'm not sure if there's like loads of injuries and mistakes and fuck ups that have happened because this billionaire is allowed to do this, let's just Kevin, say. If Greg Wallace was to react to the news that uh, Tom Cruise does all his own stunts, what do you think he would say? Well, this will, of course, be uh, when I get to uncork it here on Cinema Swirl. My new favourite British passive-aggressive phrase. Get you. Get you. Get you. Someone explain that to me. That fucking aggressive fucking mm. fight disguised as a compliment. <laughs> it's in the same ballpark as, oh, you're odd. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, you do your own stunts, do you? You're odd. Yeah. Um, Okay, does his own stunts, and between mm. this part and the next part, we will find out to what degree that is a good thing, what degree it's a boon, or some sort of albatross, you know? Things you might see on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's just enough time for a quick rip into that mailbag. All right. Here we are into the sealed mailbag. I've ripped it open. I've unfurled it. The mailbag's open. We're in. Yeah, we're in the mailbag. Sam's just ripped it, and I'm going to riff it. <laughs> That's our uh, pitch for our zoo radio career, you know, our shock jock. <laughs> <laughs> Ripping and riffing with Sam and Kevin in the morning. <laughs> Now, next time, it'll be your turn to riff, and I will rip. Yes, yes, yes. We're riffing and ripping. Here we are in the mailbag. Um, well, hey, thank you for all your questions into cinemaswirl at gmail.com, by the way. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com, by the way. Or on the socials, by the way. And by the way, I'd like to say I've read them, and here they are. Uh, <laughs> well, 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 Mr. Showoff. Oh, get you. Um... Abbott writes, what's your favourite unexpected cameo in a movie? Now, we mentioned cameos in movies because Mr. Cruz has popped up in things. We mentioned Tropic Thunder. He shows up and he's all got old makeup and a fat suit or something. And that's supposed to be incredible that Tom Cruise would be in it. But are there any any big cameos that you've seen that you're particularly fond of in movies? I was trying to think about this. And for a long time, what I thought was one of my favourite cameos, and this is not in a movie, so maybe this doesn't count, but was Martin Scorsese in the early season of The Sopranos. There's a bit where... Oh, that doesn't count, does it? Because it's... it's, well, it's a, well, mm, Sam, a bit you may watch two together and say it's feature length. Come on now. Christopher and his little mate are queuing to get to a nightclub and then Martin Scorsese comes in and he's just like, oh, hey. And I, for so long, thought that was Martin Scorsese and I've been re-watching The Sopranos. It's not Martin Scorsese. It's just a bloke who looks like Martin Scorsese that's playing Martin Scorsese. I thought that was Scorsese. (laughs) I just assumed it was. It's not. Um, I thought that was Scorsese. (laughs) But with cameos, I've realised what I enjoy about cameos and this has come up more in Swill over on uh, patreon.com forward slash cinema swill. Well, what you mean, watch- the, the cameo as plot device features frequently on that series. <laughs> when we watch bad movies, it comes up in bad movies because things like Jared, the subway guy, who, I mean, we know we know he's a pedophile. He's a pedophile. 
Uh, but he shows up in the film Jack and Jill, the Adam Sandler film Jack and Jill. You get him there. And just by a scooch, it's the most offensive thing that happens <laughs> in there. Just about. And I remember uh, Lance Armstrong showing up in Dodgeball, the, the Ben Stiller <laughs> film. Now, that's not maybe swirl wedding. But and I just he's like, hey, do you guys want some performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs? <laughs> yeah! And they all get big and powerful, and they win, like, five Tour de France's apiece. There's something very funny to me about those kind of more recent-ish comedies where yeah. they, they throw in all the cameos because it's, you know, it's topical. Here's all the topical people. And then those topical people turn out to be awful. You, and then they're you, in you, that forever. You're basically talking uh, about the right-hand side of that bell-shaped curve, not the peak, the trough. Oh, I love that trough. You're talking about the heady, diminishing returns of these like kind of particularly comedies and yeah for me like my favorite one was probably when bill murray showed up in Zombieland, which is the point where i realized that it is just being used as like a device to make you go ha ha yeah. and i thought that for many years and was down on celebrity cameos and then the 29 cameos of a celebrity nature in zoolander 2 each of them delighted me so much sam and i and i couldn't actually pick between the 29 which were my favorite so you could take your pick of any of the 29 in zoolander 2 <laughs> and i would say any of those 29 celebrity cameos stands head 29. and shoulders nine 29 That's give a us 30 in zoolander 3 you cowards <laughs> of course some of my favorite cameos are over on cameo.com where you can get celebrities to do funny video messages for maybe a birthday or you know something like that it's great stuff over there what if we just got a load of people who famously do cameos and we got them on cameo to make a movie that is just celebrity cameos let's go where <sighs> zoolander 2 was two fucking chicken shits <laughs> I thought you meant to be. I thought your your comedy is meant to challenge people, Ben Stiller, not placate them with paltry twenty nine celebrity cameos. I want two hundred and twenty nine celebrity cameos. So thank you for that question, Abbott. Our next question comes in from Tristan, who writes the following: Will we ever get a completely format shattering swirl slash swill where neither of you have seen the film before? Blind swirl. Bl- blinds well i feel like we've done this once on swill then i think there was something where we both hadn't seen yeah, it no, i can't I, I swear remember. that's happened more than once on swill where there's been a one that we've both not we've seen both not seen but on swirl i think it would have to be a very very exceptional circumstance for us to do we- it did toy before the idea of doing a like you know we would go out and we would like watch like a new movie that was coming out that people be super interested in and the last time we talked about that was when the new ghostbusters movie was coming out and to say that we sort of swerved being dragged into some sort of a horror show of a toxic conversation is an absolute understatement so like yeah the way things are currently in time the idea of us both going out to see a movie and then coming back to podcasts and saying zone is probably unlikely it seems yeah but that would that for me was the closest we ever came to doing something like that on swirl was doing like like bill and ted face the music that would have been you know that could have been a one couldn't it but we were doing bill and ted's part two that same week it came out so i didn't want to saturate my b and t no yeah (laughs) put some l in there (laughs) put some l in there man come on yeah I mean, it rarely comes up that there's a film that I've seen that Kevin hasn't. And if there's a film that neither of us has seen... Look, I'm not ruling it out, but I think it wouldn't be an episode of Cinema Swell, you know? We're it would be an episode rules. of something else, I think. Something yeah. else. It'd be something else. It'd be some special something else. You're basically saying it maybe definitely would be behind a paywall, is what we're saying. <laughs> 
it will be behind a paywall or at Christmas when we've run out of Christmas films. There you go. There you go. So yeah, Christmas is one to look out for in the future. So thank you for your questions, folks. Remember to send them on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com if you've got any more. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.anymore if you've got calm. Let's wrap that up. Let's throw that out. And we're back into talking about Mission Impossible, talking about Tom Cruise, getting ready to watch that film. Can't wait to watch Mission Impossible Part 1. And here's the... All right, no need to stick your tongue out at me, mate. All right, you don't need to be rude. And uh, level of respect and civility is expected on the podcast. Get you, mate. I'm in my thirties. All right, clearly, you're gonna stop me. You know. The terrible thirties—they don't warn you about this as a parent, do they? <laughs> so, will this be the opening salvo into a fucking twenty-seven movie series that we do? As we review every single Mission Impossible movie on swirl and swill as as applicable. I have a couple more things I know about Mission Impossible. I just want to get out of there to say, like, I know this. Get out of the system. Go on, get right. out. Okay. I know nothing about the plot. I know the song. I know Tom Cruise. Right. I know. I, I knew the Philip Seymour Hoffman thing, but I also know there's a bit where he's going through lasers. There's lasers in a room. There's lasers. He's, cli- he's climbing over and under the lasers. He's got to do okay. something with lasers. All right. He's a... He's getting under the lasers. He's been flexible Most around lasers. Impossible missions have lasers that have taken place past the, the early 90s. You have to yeah. admit that, though. So maybe I've seen some else. No, I think it was Tom Cruise with those lasers. And I've seen the Metallica music video for, I think, I Disappear or something like that. They're the one that's like, boom, wow, boom, boom, wow, doodly, doodly, boom, wow, boom, 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 and I've seen the Limp Biscuit video that's just the Mission Impossible theme song, but it's got Fred Durst on it. But now I know why you want to hate oh, me. Oh, oh. you ever do lately. I see Tom Cruise in this movie looking up at his impossible mission. And it reminds me how people were mean about Nucky. I hate all you posers who don't like my music. Now I know what Tom Cruise felt like when Nicole broke his heart. <laughs> That's Mission Impossible 2, though, I should say. So, you know, oh, okay. it's not really applicable here, is it? Okay, well... <laughs> DJ Lethal, bring it on. I'm, uh, I'm excited to watch <laughs> Sam, this. come on. Let's go to the Matthews Bridge and do a cinema swirl. <laughs> All right, partner. And we're The image of Tom Cruise jumping around like a feckin' Egypt was only (laughs) emphasised by this movie. And (laughs) now for some reason I've got Tom Cruise jumping up and down a sofa and then being squirted in the face with a water pistol going, you're a jerk, I was just expressing how in love I was. Sam, initial gut reaction to the impossible mission of Mission Impossible. I can tell you what my initial gut reaction isn't. I'm in love. I'm in love so much. I'm so in love. You know, it. Uh, 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 off uh. the sofa? Are you on terra firma? You're off terra sofa? <laughs> I'm on the sofa, but I'm sat down normally, just having a nice sit. Haven't watched the movie. Haven't watched the movie again. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. 
Yeah. The biggest swerve in this movie... The biggest swerve in this movie for me was going from me going, this movie's too smart for its own good to a hard 90 degree. This movie's too fucking stupid for its own good. And I don't yeah. sure where I am now looking back on it a couple of hours later. I'm still not sure. It really jumps between those two camps. It just dips its toe in both of those. He's got his feet out and he's dipping them in different water. I, I'm, look, my metaphors are getting mixed and that it says a lot about this film. It's, it's kind of confusing, kind of stupid. Fun? Kind of. It seems to be fun asterisk as it mm. stands currently. So perhaps we need to delve a little bit further into the adventures of the, and I can't believe I forgot to mention this beforehand, mm. the IMF. Not the CIA, the IMF, IMF. who work with the CIA. The IMF, who they don't say in the movie what What's it stands the, what, for. Yeah. What do you reckon the IMF stands for? And no, it's not the International Monetary Fund uh. for all you bloody policy wonks listening there. Uh, Do you ever think a policy wonk has ever been called a wonker by anyone? <laughs> Your policy is rubbish, wonker! You're the wonker, mate. <laughs> Impossible mission, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I had it earlier. It was either the Impossible Mission Federation or the Impossible Mission Foundation. It can't actually but be that. Is that what it, it is? Li- oh. It is literally that. Okay, but then that's from the TV show, I suppose. They've brought that over. Presumably, and we found that out on Wikipedia when it referred to the uh, Mission Impossible franchise to be a multimedia franchise centered around the adventures of the Impossible Mission Federation <laughs> slash Foundation right. slash Funtime USA. <laughs> Right, I have to ask you this now, because it felt like when we were talking about Tom Cruise in the priest world mm. and trying to get you, you had obviously experienced him before. Yeah. But it was, it was such a vague sense of him we seemed to have. It was like, and this will work well for the analogy, it was like trying to recall the specific flavor of a microwaved meal. <laughs> it's very hard to recall that, right? Yeah. But... We've just heated it back up again there now with Tom Cruise having, you know, actually watched him do an acting. So while you're renewed, refreshed, renuked, crispy and dry on the outside thoughts on Tom Cruise having just seen a solid 95 minutes of, of cruise control. I still feel like he can act. He's an actor. I th- my, my opinion hasn't really changed. In terms of his acting, it's just, yeah, that's, that's acting there. He's acting. He's performing. He's, he's doing the Tom but Cruise I thing. Thi- I think that about him literally any time I see him ever. Oh, like, well, yeah, but that's true <laughs> <you> as well. <laughs> that, like, when you were talking about Graham Norton, I'd be watching him going, that's a great job there, Tom. It almost <laughs> made me convince you that you were a human being. <laughs> Like, his best acting is when he nods enthusiastically. He does that almost like a real boy. <laughs> I thought he was, like, fine in this. Not yeah. anything special, not anything terrible. It was, you know, it's what you need for this. You need to kind of... He's, a, he's an action man, but he can be sort of dramatic. He's serious. He mm. is a much slender, lower-calorie version of what was being offered by the Arnold Schwarzeneggers of the world up until sure. this point. Yeah. I mean, he's a different type of action hero. He is an action hero for the new millennium, and it's 1996, so what's up with that? <laughs> 
you know how they had like new lads in the 90s? He's like new, new action lads is what he is. And all of us are like, wait, but you're the Hollywood heartthrob of the 80s. Well, I'm doing action now, mate. And I'm going to do all my own stunts as well. Did Arnold Schwarzenegger ever do that? I'm not going to check. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he did. Uh, maybe. Stunts. I don't know. He did all his own bodybuilding. That's as impressive as it'll get here, yeah. you know? That's the greatest stunt of all, to make your body look like that, you know? We open up in Kiev, brackets... I always wondered if there was a way to create a chicken Kiev from a shop that does not leak. I was going to say, when you said opened up in Kiev, I imagined opening up a Kiev and the Kiev yeah. spitting hot garlic butter at me and it was quite traumatic. Sorry, when you say opening up a Kiev, do you mean literally putting any chicken Kiev in an oven and then cooking it? Because then it'll be like... <laughs> Here's how bad it is. I once knew a lad back in Galway who thought a chicken Kiev, what it was, mm. was a traditional hollow chicken that is served with a pool of salt. That is, <laughs> in a puddle of... Yeah, in a puddle, a puddle of, of oil and with little green bits of parsley. <laughs> Have we not got the technology yet to make that a reality? Come on. <laughs> Lovely hollowed out sort of chicken igloo. <laughs> Here, I, Impossible Mission Foundation. I've got your fucking Impossible Mission right here. Chicken Kiev. Yeah. <laughs> A non-lethal Kiev. That's all I want. We open in Kiev and find not garlic butter, but some lads watching a video, some, a video feed. But this video, right, everything about this is, I don't know if I'm supposed to follow what's happening here in this little opening bit where they're introducing some of the characters. And it looks like someone's, was he like confessing to something or or saying he's done some, uh, and then Tom Cruise rips <laughs> off a, a funny mask and it looks like a All stage right. play, but they're watching it behind the scenes, but he's in a different room nearby. <laughs> What? I don't know what that was. The intro bit, I don't know what that was. All right, it may feel like the jig is up here in terms of us being able to follow the plot of this movie because the movie really revels in its kind of like swerves built within mm. compacted twists, which then the principal characters don't sell at all or don't. It's like the wall. Like, you know, when you watch the wall with Danny Dyer and they go, right, is he signed that contract? And when they say, I've signed that contract, you at home, you all know already, right? Right, yeah. But yeah. they have to keep the pretense going for the benefit of the other person in, in the game. And I feel like I wasn't in on the game, you know? I right. felt like I, I was the one. One who had either not signed the contract or signed the contract and I was left wondering here they're holding the bag for a lot of this movie yeah what this movie needs is Danny Dyer holding a kind of tube that had a contract in it and shaking it out and like just bits of contract fall out. I need that level of drama. I was just, I was not sure what was happening here, but it's just to kind of go, hey, there's twists and people have masks on. and then. Yeah, it's a setup for the money shot of this movie, which is Tom Cruise yanking off the big stretchy mask and not leaving a single bit of residue behind. <laughs> just, sorry, an image in my head is of Tom Cruise ripping off a mask of, of like he's Tom Cruise and he rips off his own face and there's just Tom Cruise underneath it it's just it's Tom Cruise all the way down he just keeps ripping it off horrible image and then followed by him saying that you're a jerk for not being impressed by him doing that but what I did like right was the title sequence because we get the proper Mission Impossible music you know the and it looks it looks like a telly title sequence. Yeah, it very much so. And we did have that cool remix 90s, like, 
like all that like whoa spaceman remix yeah. over here will be they'll be bopping to that at the club later on so they will uh, we had junkie class- xl been involved in this soundtrack <laughs> uh, i spy a remix this was a, a pretty massive remix in its own right yeah but <laughs> the, the one they played here at the start this was classic 60s Mm. All the flair yeah. and all that. And I'm not sure if that was to lull you into a false sense of security thinking you were going to watch a regular day at the Mission Impossible IMF Office of Impossible Missions. Because they do kind of throw it on its head the kind of standard formula of the team go and solve a big impossible mission. Well, I imagine what we saw in that title sequence was, and again, I haven't seen the TV show, no nothing, but I imagine that was sort of similar to what the title sequence was for the TV show. Because I think of any film I've ever seen, that was the most that the title title sequence just felt like a telly title sequence like i was watching a tv show for that title sequence particularly very 90s with the slanty yeah, kind yeah. of uh, camera we get here reminiscent of a battlefield earth almost it was um, <laughs> several times throughout this in fact it was so telly like that title sequence that for a minute i thought i was watching the wrong thing and i might have, <laughs> i might have been <laughs> I might have had access to like a, a offshoot TV sh- a rebooted TV show or we were about to watch an MTV special where they interview Tom Cruise about the making of this movie on a yeah. big set on nice director chairs you know well he's standing on top of the director's chair just going hey I love this movie I love, I love this movie <laughs> I was quite thankful that they went with the fantastical IMF because, I don't know, you can't help... I think one thing in lockdown we've all learned from various bits of media, no matter what you're watching, documentaries of any sorts, we've all went away with at least a plus 5% belief that the CIA are incredibly evil during this lockdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you're watching Bake Off, there was bits about them in the 60s in there. It was very dodgy indeed. Whereas the IMF, fine for now, you know. Grand, you know. Unless you're talking about those international business rates, then you're in which case, mate. not grand. <laughs> but you know what I really liked? We're in the 90s, and this must, I mean, this must have happened, and I've never experienced it, probably because I wasn't on a plane at this point in history. <laughs> but bringing around tapes for you to watch. When you watch a oh, movie yeah. on a plane, bringing around tapes. You've got little tapes that you put in, a, little special cassettes that you put in a little side thing. This was wild for me because I th- always thought, obviously wrongly as a child, mm. that's a regular cassette tape for listening to music on. You couldn't have a video on there because it was only big enough to house the audio and he needed a big VHS to fit all the visuals as well and I'm not sure if this is some Illuminati shit and John Voight here gets access to this next level because he's a snake person Mm. but what is the deal? They have little cassettes. All the uh. space that was wasted. Remember when DVDs came around and we thought, oh, we're saving a good half inch on shelf space there, Sam. And John Voight was there with his audio cassettes with feature films on them the whole time. But what you've got to bear in mind is that's for those little airline screens, right? Oh. So it, it, it can store video, but little video. Little video, you know. You're not getting full uh, 480p or whatever. Yeah, we're over there with a full-sized VHS and looking at him. Imagine this tiny (laughs) little screen that he's got. Back in the good old days, when the size of your bit of media told you how big your player was. Then the mini just came and made it all confusing. (laughs) And it's never been the same since. (laughs) 
but that I think that must be a thing off of the TV show as well. The idea that you get a little tape and it self-destructs. Oh, yes. That's all. I like that. I like that kind of thing. The whole this message will self-destruct, so it will, if it's not properly kept in a watertight container and you don't keep it away from any explosives as well. But that's a famous bit of the movie. I was wondering if you were aware thing, yeah. of that. The, oh, this is going to self-destruct, etc. They've done that in The Simpsons, I'm sure. I, yeah, I think I did know that. I did, it kind of slipped my mind. I, I mean, even that was in the end of the Limp Biscuit video for what I've now realised was Mission Impossible 2 or 3 or something. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, as we yeah. said, it's Mission Impossible 2. Uh, this review for my <laughs> album will self-destruct, if not reflective of my values dj lethal bring it on and you know <laughs> look the, okay so plot point here we get this on the little tape okay some bad lad he's nicked a big list of spies he's got the knock list sam got the knock list which stands for because i definitely remember not on computer uh, people who are not on computer. Not on computer. Yeah. Look at this non-Y2K compliance division flying by the seat of its pants. Not on computer. Fully uh, analogue. Now, what does knock mean? Not near... Not of concern... Nemesis of the CIA. <laughs> I can't remember what it means. But it means like all the IMF spies. Or no, all the... Sp- a bunch of spies. A bunch of spies who you don't want people knowing that they're spies. He's got one half of the list, which needs to be married up to the other half of the list, which he's on his way to get. And so the IMF... The problem is in this yeah. time is everyone is too bloody motivated and they're off doing everything. And mm. there's no character who comes in and goes... Knockless, why would we care about that? Why would that be the thrust of this balls-to-the-wall action spy rom? No, no, too slow. Simon Pegg's character, not introduced yet. Get out of here. Was he there just to be like, and here's what knock stands for, <laughs> and say it, and then go off? And to bring some much-needed levity as yes. Tom Cruise gets his hooks into him and sucks out his enthusiasm and makes him all sad and disillusioned. Also, you can tell that this is the 90s before the 2000s because that tape self-destructs on a plane. It bursts into flames on a plane. Get this, as John Voight smokes a cigarette. And that's oh. no, ridiculous. John Voight was able to still... This is Back when you could put him in a movie still like he could he could be paid for being in the film like as opposed to like giving him a free car or a month of meat or something like that and he was smoking on a plane as well crazy right i don't know much about john voight should i know much about john voight <laughs> i mean john voight is just one of those names that mm. kind of slightly drifted into online extremism in the last few years and as oh. such i <laughs> Well, the last performance of John Voight I saw was him saying that, you know that crazy guy, that real extreme fellow, what's his, Joe Biden, he was saying mm. that he was a Satanist and a, and a ah. terrorist and all, and all that kind okay. of thing. Okay. And, you know, if John Voight of Anaconda fame says it, it's got to be true. <laughs> That's all I need to know. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> I now kind of understand. And he John was awarded the uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom, I believe, as well, for his services in the fight against mutant snakes in the Anaconda <laughs> <laughs> film franchise. So, the boss here, who's called Jim, but he's played by Mr. Voight, is explaining the mission to everyone and going, yeah, here's, here's what we've got to do. And Tom Cruise, the young whippersnapper's there, going, hey, why don't you get some better coffee? next time all right this is uh this is god and they all they're all having fun banter they're a fun team how you know? in 
90s is that meant to be personable? Young fucker with his hair cut coming in telling me about my coffee now. What's this? <laughs> You'll drink what you're given, Tom, okay? We've yeah, got bigger on. things to be dealing with. Taxpayers' money and he's fucking off buying his fancy coffee now, is he? Maxwell House is too good for the IMF, apparently. <laughs> I do enjoy that we kind of go straight into planning a mission and everyone getting their jobs and roles explained. There was a fleeting Irish reference in this, wasn't there? I there was I, what, what was that fleeting Irish reference? There was a fleeting Irish reference to County Kildare. Little mention of that. And they say we're in Kildare doing summer. So there you go. There's that. But there's a reference that's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that's your reference because that's Ireland. Ireland, but isn't it? There is a Nottingham you know reference well, later I'm, on. I'm glad. Oh, sorry, a Nottingham there's reference. There's a Nottingham reference later on. I'll point it out if to the, you. If you say now this is like... Oh, uh, Robin Hood, ergo Nottingham reference. That's a fucking stretch. I've we've no, had this no. chat before there as is well. There's a Nottingham okay? reference in this, and I, I I'm very excited about it. I'm very happy as well that if Ireland's one of our 32 counties is going to get a mention, <laughs> that our coolest sounding one, Kildare. Kildare, I dare it. <laughs> Avid. <laughs> <laughs> We also we've got Emilio Estevez as a character in this as that kind of cool hacker dude, and he doesn't get to do much as we'll get onto later. But what I did like was Hasta Lasagna, don't get any on ya, which hey, as far as like nineties hacker cool. lines, that's all right. I don't mind that. I really felt they should have high fived after that, you know? Yeah. But, Missed well, opportunity. But they had that exploding chewing gum in their hands at the time, so if they had high fives, <laughs> it would have been there. <laughs> <laughs> pretty dangerous and I mean so, it is yeah. pretty much taking Bond and like giving it a bit of a proper like it's the, it's the only time I feel they've taken Bond and made it Americanified yeah. you know because you're getting your classic bits of gadgets he's got some kind of wacky teammates who prep him and all that you know but it's yeah. cool man it's the 90s you know it's, it is the Mission Impossible franchise it is one of the highest grossing franchises of all time apparently mm. it's a popular which is thing like, it's quality not quantity though Tom isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so we're in prague okay and we're on this mission and it's like a fancy ball or party gathering thing so everyone's got to wear tuxes and things like that it's and a we, hitman scenario so i was going mentioned know. this so many times recently that i think hitman basically watches action films from the 90s and goes the late I'm 90s particularly yeah. yoink but they've got spy glasses on with cameras in them, and we get loads of like POV shots through the spy I glasses. I fucking hated this. Did you? It did. I, it was so oh. fucking stupid because I bet, I guarantee you, that they probably spent $2 million with some sort of crate. Like in 1996, whatever it took to make a GoPro, basically, which is probably some sort of like Wild Wild West style giant contraption with. <laughs> yeah. And I bet Tom Cruise did wear it. But this whole bit seems so silly where it's like him and his hands going like, oh, hello there. It's like early peep show or something like that. It's oh. really jarring watching. And I did get a little bit of an upset tummy watching it because it went on too long. You know what, Kevin? I disagree with you. I liked it. It felt unique to me and it felt video gamey, which at the I, time I wouldn't have been video gamey. you want to do VR as well, don't you? <laughs> Yes. It's great. It's you can get a headache at home. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're here in my living room, really? 
It, look, it fits Wow, out. I didn't know uh. I could sweat from my forehead like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really makes the temples hot. This is great. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought it was a nice little <laughs> unique thing, unique device. I enjoyed it. Uh, and we and we had that in Halloween, didn't we? We had some POV stuff that I was like, oh, yeah, I like that. I like I like first person stuff. You know, you know what it was, Jam? I think it was just because I'm a rather tall gentleman mm. and going into the shoes of Tom Cruise was very disorienting for me, seeing the world like what yeah. you know it was kind of like if you go to the honey i shrunk the kids thing in uh in disney and it's like wow look at the size of rick moranis ah yeah you don't want to go into his tom shoes and uh, experience that <laughs> i no. literally couldn't walk a mile in his tom <laughs> shoes do you think he's got dinky feet he's, no. a, he's a shorter gentleman than you would no, expect I, I i reckon he has like he has a taller man's feet mm. like he has the confidence of a large-footed man I think. <laughs> right yeah oh did you get anxious about the hacker lads climbing around in a lift shaft i wrote down here bad elevator <laughs> so yes i yeah. absolutely did it's a nightmare to me the idea There's just like lift lifts and stuff going wrong with lifts or being in the lift shaft or something like that uh, if it's a if like it's a it. mechanism that they'd rather me not see you yes. know and that can extend yes. from everything from where animals are killed to escalators to bowling alleys to literally what's behind any service door in a hotel if i'm not meant to see it i'd rather not it makes me a little bit anxious <laughs> you put an image in my head because you mentioned like you're not supposed to see the mechanism you said yeah. escalators now you, sometimes you get those glass elevators lifts where you see the stuff and i'm like what are you doing put that away don't show me that <laughs> but now imagine like a, a glass escalator and see it like so you get the wedge of where the stairs are going up and you, I, I don't I don't want to ever know what that looks like no because I don't want to see one very long scarf stretched out like that you know I just that's the image that immediately comes into my mind and it terrifies me <laughs> so I was feeling very worried about that hacker lad and even more worried when Tom Cruise and uh, Kristen Scott Thomas end up underneath that lift shaft now look I've got another confession to make alright I got another confession to make I'm Tom Cruise <laughs> It's not that bad. My, my Is confession. someone being a jerk? A jerk? A jerk to you? Very good. <laughs> oh, my confession that I've got to make. Is that Kristen Scott Thomas? Yeah. I only know her and know of her because when I used to watch, I'm going to say it, Top oh, Gear. Oh. Top Gear. Yeah. My brother watched it and therefore I watched it. Oh. Jeremy Clarkson would all when he was talking about how cool cars were. This oh, this car's cool. He was talking about it in, in, relative Imagine to Imagine driving to the shops in this. He always talked about it in terms of how impressed Kristen Scott Thomas would be by it. That was right. his frame of reference for coolness is that because his re frame of reference for coolness was that he was always trying to impress Kristen scott thomas is I that think it so but it was nice to get to know Kristen scott thomas a bit outside of that context which is the only context i had for Kristen scott thomas the All context being an aging broadcaster's perverted thoughts yeah that's why it was a confession kevin that's where i knew her from and now i know her from uh, mission impossible and i'm sure she's done much better things in her career is that the nottingham reference did he like no. leer over her while like in nottingham you know today on top gear i'm driving through yeah. nottingham while having impure thoughts about a woman who's not my wife no it was it wasn't that the nottingham reference is still to come 
Still to uh, come. And you know, this mission's kind of seems like it's going okay. They get some video evidence with the spy glasses of this bad lad stealing the second half of the list on a floppy disk. Thank you very much. I like as well the disguise that Tom Cruise has when he come out of first person. It was a relief to not be in first person anymore. But him disguised as clearly George H.W. Bush was a nice touch. <laughs> We're establishing early doors that Tom Cruise's role in the IMF is wears funny old people makeup. Much like Gordon Ramsay when he <laughs> does that thing. Yeah, in, uh, <laughs> in 24 hours to hell and back, yeah. Tom Tom Cruise, he is a man of literally three to four faces in this movie. You'll never know which one he's going to be next. No. But at this point, it all starts to go haywire and go wrong because we thought the lift shaft was a nightmare and a hacker guy sitting on top of the lift shaft gets out of control. They're not in control of it with the hacking and he just gets mushed up into a spike. And if they really did that horrible. with the Mission Impossible music, it would have been very confusing, but they thankfully <laughs> do, held do, back do, on do, that. Do, yeah, you just get that noise you know of someone's face being pushed into a spike the... yeah it's it's that noise where you know that things have started to go a little bit pete wrong which i mean <laughs> tongly when i say that quite frankly tongly things are going tongly here um yeah the, the baddie's getting away and the, they're all kind of saying abort uh, trying to chase after him trying to look at where he's going ethan doesn't want to ethan hunt being tom cruise's character in this he doesn't want to abort he's like oh, damn it, i still want to do the mission We've got to do it. We've got to recover that Oh, disc. there'll be other missions. Would you calm down? And look, positives in this. The music during this bit where everything gets all fucked up and goes wrong. Really wobbly and tense and kind of, it was great. Yeah, because I, I don't know if you've seen the Bourne movies, Bourne Supremacy, etc. No, not seen a single uh, Bourne. I just remember them getting a lot of the credit for spy movies becoming a little bit more kind of gritty and a little, mm. you know, taking themselves a little bit more seriously and being a bit more high octane as well and being less kind of camp and goofy and silly and fantastical. And this movie is very fantastical and silly at times. But I, for 1996, I had to keep reminding myself this was pretty darn gritty. You know, we watched True Lies the other day, which is, you know, from the same similar genre. Yeah. And worlds apart we are obviously mm. here in this movie but yeah it's not a very gritty piece or anything but that's a good swerve it's probably the best shot this movie has at winning you over is the fact that you have this big setup and the big twist right at the start that you know all the team pretty much get yeah. killed and whacked within the first 15 20 minutes when i was a kid and i saw this movie mm. and this happened i was sad because i thought they lost and i spent the rest <laughs> of the movie I, yeah, I spent the rest of the movie in the mindset of they've lost and this is all... This is all irrelevant after this point because they've lost. really. Yeah. And I did get a little bit of that. Like, you felt that again. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, <laughs> at the end, there was no revenge. There was very little satisfaction or even many tears shed for his five teammates who get yeah. killed. Everyone gets, you know, horribly killed in various different ways. The mask slipped there, Tom Cruise. Mm. Humans would be sad when that <laughs> happened, you big weirdo. And look, the boss gets shot, right? Jim. But we only see that through that first person camera. And I, I, little clever clogs over here, was like, something's up with that because we just see poof and then bloody hands. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that everything's gone as we're seeing on screen here. I've got my suspicions. That's the thing, right? Because it's very obvious that John mm. Voight is the baddie. When this movie says starring John Voight, you're like, right, he's ah. the baddie then, is he? Like, that is kind of the press. If you don't know who John Voight is, you will see him and go, oh, this ashen faced 
sour fucker is going to be the baddie then, is he? Yes, he is. <laughs> and the movie is very good at letting you know that someone is probably not who they seem or there's mm-hmm. a twist or it's not as it's been plainly shown to you but it's less good at explaining the whys why yeah nah. and I have left this movie once again struggling to give a motivation for John Voight to pretend to shoot himself and follow through by throwing himself off a bridge into a smelly river yeah and that was like I just had this image of him getting out of the river five minutes later going alright that'll just we got him <laughs> alright I'm gonna dry off and like lay low for another act but all the rest of the crew uh, are blown up apart from as is revealed later the getaway driver Claire who is John Voight's wife in this within this crew her car blows up but she's not actually dead but Kristen Scott Thomas is dead the disc thief is also dead and the disc is dead and by that I mean stolen <laughs> And not there. And he thinks it, the only one Just before left. the target got killed, yeah. there was a great bit where he was being tailed. Mm. And they rang back to HQ and they said, the package is out in the open. And I just thought, Avis! <laughs> I, th- I thought that, it does so sound I did. funny, doesn't it? When they're talking about the package being out in the open. It'll get cold yeah. at night time. You know? <laughs> oh, <gross>. Way! <laughs> So Ethan's now picked up by, I'm guessing, the bigger boss of the IMF or something? Yeah, he's like the handler. And straight away, you're like, there's no suspense in the scene. Mm. Because the scene is building towards the boss revealing to Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise. He's yes. building towards him going, there's a mole and we think it's you. And yeah. like, But you're immediately going in already off kilter because... He looks to the camera and goes, but why is he right in Prague already? Like, so you already go in knowing that, right, a twist, but you don't really know how or why. It just is. I think it's just giving us that feeling of twists and not quite know. Because it's a bit where he's saying, I knew there were other agents there too. I saw them, including that one there and that one there and that one there. And then and then this boss guy is like, ah, it's a mole hunt and there's a mole. And all those other people have had to die for us to find out who the mole... I don't understand what's happening or why. Like, the fact really. that I can't follow these late 90s twists for twists' mm. sake, and it's my job mostly to watch wrestling, is saying something. Because like they are just for the sake of Tom Cruise being able to be look shocked, which is what he spends most of the movie doing in various forms, is acting surprised. I'm sure someone could write in and tell us you know, what's happening and why it's happening. But I think what this film is doing is kind of... It's a film you have to feel. You have to just feel what's happening. It's gently hurrying you along. Yeah, you know, that's all it's doing. If you've ever been into a museum where they kind of like, we don't want you looking at this for too long because there's a line, and you kind yeah. of will get a little, you won't get shoved. You will be shushed along, though, in a sense. Yeah, it's just like, look, the camera angles are tilted, they're low down, things are tense. It's, it's building up to a twist here with okay, and then Tom Cruise put some ex- exploding chewing gum on the glass. This is this fish tank in this restaurant that he's in, and it blows up, and he gets away. And we Great. get tense dialogue such as. There's a mole, and this was a mole hunt. This was a mole hunt, and you're the mole. We think you're the mole, and that's why mole. we were doing the mole hunt. He's like, so if you just kind of want to you know, come along quietly with us now, come on now. Then that's a that's an impossible mission. He's not going to come along quietly. No, and like, oh, I, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of like, why did all the other ones have to die? With that, they weren't moles. So why? What? What's? The, how brutal this IMF are. As an animal welfare enthusiast, Sam, anyone who would see this would want it to be a more humane mole hunt than what we got. There's a lot of. <laughs> 
potential mole blood on your hand here for no good reason. I know it's not his jurisdiction, but Brian May probably wouldn't be happy with this. Uh, you know, he's, he's uh, <laughs> we know how he feels about badgers. I'd, maybe he fucking hates moles. <laughs> he's, he's pro badger, anti mole. <laughs> but oh, there's a mention of like this is job three one four for someone called Max who we've got contact with, who we know is planning. So there's all these little things dropped in, and so we've got Ethan going back to the safe house, searching on Usenet groups on oldie timey internet. Oh, this internet was amazing. I do like oldie timey spy internet. Just typing stuff in. Didn't they have a semicolon in one of the email addresses? God, yeah, innocence of it, it all. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he quickly realises that Job 314 is actually Job 314. And what? this is And it's Bible-related. How does he figure that out? Does he just see... I think he just sees a Bible or just thinks Bible or something? Now, I've never read The Da Vinci Code nor seen the movie, but I imagine it's stuff like this, right? Where mm. someone figures something out and it happens really quickly and then he puts on a coat and leaves the room before you have a chance to think about it and it gives the illusion of it being like, Aha! <laughs> is that it? <laughs> I think so. And look, what this made me think was that if I could go back in time to the 90s, I think I'd be a great kind of Ethan Hunt here. Because from what I can tell, because the internet was smaller then. There were less yeah. web pages. There were less people on it. Right. You think you'd be a big fish in a small pond is what you're saying as, a, as an internet boy back in this the thing, 90s. I, I've, got, I've had so much experience of Googling shit, you know. I know to put <laughs> inverted commas around stuff so that you get the whole phrase. <laughs> you know, I, I know that stuff. And what he's doing is because he's realised it's Job, he's going on various, like, Bible study websites and just trying to find anyone called Max on these things. And it fucking works. He's just shooting off emails to anyone on Bible study groups called Max in the hope that that will do something. He's leaving I, oh. a, a paper trail, a digital paper trail, a mile long as well, Sam. Not taking any notice of his internet footprint or where he's left those marks. But I love this part here, which happens in the middle of this big kind of... I mean, it's the closest this movie comes to Blade Runner, quite frankly, this big right. sleuth and sequence here. And then randomly we're shook out of it as the ghost of John Voight appears. And he's like, you killed me! the fucking ghost of Christmas yet to be showed up here and like what the fuck was that just a bit of fun for us to get an insight into Tom's mindset at the time that he was very tired and stressed and confused as to what was going on and it's not as if he's prone to this type of behaviour because it never happens again no just a one off there but it's because John's Jim whoever the boss's wife Claire is here she's shown up in the safe house (laughs) Ethan's very aggravated because he's like, I saw you explode. I need to know if you noticed this as well. Mm. But there's something about Tom Cruise aiming a gun in his socks that makes him look extra small. <laughs> like it really it really made him look like a little boy with daddy's gun or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What have you been up to when dad's away on his business trip? Nothing. Put it back. I didn't notice it, but I do want to go back and look at him with his, in his socks pointing a gun. Bless him. Very suspicious of Claire and, and having to reveal to her they're dead. They're all dead. He thought they're she dead. was dead. They're dead. And he's searching her and it's a bit weird how vigorously he's trying to figure out if she's a baddie or a double agent or something. But that's interrupted by the fact that we do get a message from Max on the fucking Bible study Usenet MSN messenger aim group that send a thing. Say, oh, meet me here on a street corner 
to buy some cigarettes from this bloke and then I'll know who it is. So that's all worked out fine. It's just moving at, at pace here. It's kind of like if you're a firm believer of the theory that things will just find a way of working themselves out and then you just sit at home and watch your many problems just sort themselves out. <laughs> Can we come back to the first person thing as he kind of goes to do this meeting? I've got a sore eye today and I think it's because of all this first person crap. <laughs> no. Hurt your eyes having to look at all this first yeah. person stuff. Yeah. You Crazy. You've got first person things in your own life to be looking at, not to have yeah. to... Yeah. When you're watching something, you want the third person, you know? You don't want first person. That's too much strain. It is. And if you're saying it's first person, it's a bit wrong, isn't it? Because... I'm seeing the first person within. I'm the first person. It can't be. <laughs> Tom Cruise doesn't live inside me. Jesus, there's a thought. That's a horrible image. Tell you what, he could probably fit because he's only little. So <laughs> He is. But I'd be very, my brain is very sofa-like, so I'd be very upset if like, he saw anything that he loved a lot. Like, you know, like a woman giving birth in pure silence. He'd be jumping up and down and I'd have a hemorrhage then. So he gets in the car with these creepy lads who he's got to, he gets bundled in puts on a blindfold so we see that in first person and then another twist Kevin it turns out that the doctor is a woman I mean Max that we're looking for is a woman ah but he didn't expect what? that ah. an English woman can Ugh. you believe it wow and so it, what's he doing at this point revealing that the disc that she she's bought the disc she's bought the the disc the floppy disk. Right. See, I got confused here about what was going on because yeah. they do some they do some sort of a deal involving the, 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 the disc. disc and the list. And there's something here where I believe like she knows that he's not who he's saying he is. Yeah. But they know that they can have come to a mutual agreement and all that. And I was very down on myself when I was watching this and failing to follow it. And I was mm. like not feeling very good about my ability to understand this clearly very intelligent movie and yeah. then the next scene when they're plotting where they're going claire taps a big bag and says don't worry we've got plenty of passports and then i felt right is rain again hey, we're back it's all okay <laughs> we're back in business baby yeah have they got lots of hats and sunglasses and big newspapers with the eye holes cut out as well it's fun time spy time Way! Way! yeah i think the disc the disc was a bogus disc the list disc disc it was a bogus disc. When they put it in the computer, it alerted some baddies to their presence. So the baddies came in, they got away. <laughs> Off they go. And now Max, who is the English woman, wants 10 million. <sighs> no. She, Tom Cruise is going to buy the, no, she's going to buy the disc from Tom Cruise for 10 million in exchange for the list. But he wants Job to be there at the exchange, that's his deal. Or something. I can't remember. Money's changing. This is the thing, but the big bag of passports. All roads lead to Job. I think Job is John Voice. I think I need to eat a big bag of passports to feel better about myself because I got really <laughs> confused there. Oh, there's some comfort eating right there. <laughs> Just a big bag of passports. Give them to me. You know when you go to the cinema and they're like, do you want to upgrade to a large bag of passports? You're like, yeah, go on then. And you're never going to eat that much, but you end up doing it and you just, you know, scoffing it. Oh, love it. Yeah. I tell you what, Sam, I wasn't for Brexit, but the blue ones taste so much better. <laughs> Saltier. You don't have Brussels telling you you can't put that much salt on it, you know? So Ethan and Claire, they're now, they've got to recover the disc. So they're the lit, well, the actual list. They need the list. And the they need a crack team to get that list that was not on that disc 
and they go to the online list, which is a disc of sorts featuring yeah. the team, the list of disavowed agents. Yes. Which is nice to know that there's this big top secret list of like people who the CIA are interested in and there's tens of millions going for it. But this list of everyone who's ever seemingly been in the CIA knows all their secrets and are out on the run. That seems fairly like public domain. Yeah, fuck it. We'll just get the disavowed list. Yeah. Also, calling it disavowed just seems Yeah, it's quite... a big fucking... <laughs> You're disavowed. You're not allowed to be on the team anymore. Like something that happen in the catholic church like mm, or probably yeah. should happen in the catholic church or a different church perhaps. <laughs> or maybe, a different church maybe one that tom cruise is particularly fond of so the crack team that they're tracking down off the disavowal when he said that for some reason i just had tom cruise in a birthing ceremony going i'm sorry you're disavowed now i i did we I did, did say no and it just I know I know it's the baby but still it was still technically your mm. noise <laughs> the Look, crack we'll, ha- we'll, we'll have another go alright we'll have another go don't worry let's get you a vouch and remember shh right okay off we go off we go the crack team is Ving Rhames and uh... <laughs> he he not only is it a crack team when you got Ving Rhames it's a hack team because he is a bona fide net freak according to these <laughs> late 90s protagonists and he's like I'm never gonna be able to jack into that mainframe even with all those high-end SUT3s oh, all the beautiful technical hack chat you got modems mainframes chips made me hungry you know but this is the CIA and they're expecting him to hack his way in oh also there's the guy from uh, Leon Leon the professional which I've never John. seen yo you've not seen Leon Oh, now. That's on the master list, Kevin. That's you on know, the master a- list. Admin we... That's on the master list. Oh, that's very exciting indeed to that. do that movie. He's there as well. He's a helicopter pilot, I, I think. I feel he, who goes on to be a very important character, mm. it's like a lot of his scenes were cut or something. I swear he's got three lines of dialogue and then he's the fucking ultimate baddie at the end threatening to kill Tom Cruise with a helicopter. Something missing in between there and there, isn't there? Something yeah. missing. Yeah. Like, literally, it, I feel between scenes there was like an off-camera bit that really i needed to see this man be evil and not just it feels like the late 90s they're still going come on he's french come on (laughs) now this mission that they're on here to recover this list from the cia ethan's explaining all the wild security measures that are protecting this vault right there's laser vents there's heat sensors two locks (laughs) capital letter character Two simple authentication. You've got to get a text message. You get a text message, and then you have to show a picture of your face or or your face, whichever you have yeah. handy on you, to get access then. Retina scans, weight sensors, audio sensors. Kevin, this mission, dare I say it, sounds uh, not possible. Yeah, it's skirting the border of possibility, to be sure, Sam. I don't reckon they're going to make it. They already fucked up that first mission. So um, if if I was a betting man, and I am, wouldn't bet on these guys. No, I was wondering this whole scene, this is probably the most famous bit in the movie. Mm. With the visuals of this, because I felt this was on TV, it's one of these things that was on TV constantly. 
you know, yeah. like in various ads or music videos, Tom Cruise on his zip wire going, See, I, I guess it was parodied a lot as well, I guess, after this. I thought, and we'll, we'll go into this in a little bit more detail, but I thought the zip, the zip wire thing and him dangling <laughs> was in parallel with the lasers and stepping over the lasers, but the, we didn't have the stepping over the lasers bit. I thought that was nope. in this one. The lasers, as far as I know, I could be dead, dead wrong, but I do remember lasers appearing a lot more when Resident Evil came out. Right, okay. I doubt it was an innovation somehow. In my notes, I kind of wrote down maybe too much detail as to what happens here. They sneak oh, in as fireman. I fucking love this. Because, oh, oh, is it because it wasn't done in the style of an East End geezer saying it's <laughs> going... Keiko Bako, Johnny the Willy's gonna go in and steal the knocklist. <laughs> Johnny the Willy. <laughs> Uh, but they're all doing their various little bits as part of the team. You know, Claire's sneaking in and putting trackers on a guy who works in the vault and poisons his coffee so that they can go through the vents and they need to be silent to not set off the thing. And the guy's coming into the vault at the same time that Ethan's dipping down on his wire, which the French guy is holding as he dips down towards the thing. It, it seems a bit odd, as I would have thought, for this crack team mm. that we'd leave it down to like the best till we have, seeing as we have these high-end points poisons, hacker equipment, yeah. and then a, two pairs of hands going, holding on, to holding on to it. I know he's, you know yeah. what, that's really offensive because they're probably just going to Tom, oh, he's only little. It's like having a bag of sugar at the end of it. Like, it'll be fine. Now, right, the term teabagging, right, has, has got such a... We know, Where? No, 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 wait, this wait, comes from? wait, wait. Okay, that has its own association. However, what's happening here when Tom Cruise is on a little wire and he's being dipped into a big vault, that to me feels like the true teabagging. And we, I, I think that phrase should be in reference to that rather than what it you is, because I think that's you disgusting. Spot the, the man who grew up with his teabags having drawstrings on them, the fancy oh. Tetley... And you, did you ever have the fancy <laughs> ones that had the two drawstrings you could pull like curtains and it would squeeze the bag? Oh, you were just dipping in with your hands. And just... ah! <laughs> God, there must be an easier way. And as long as you remember to fling it onto the wall you've designated as the tea bag wall, ah! and then you're fine. But if they go all over the house, it gets a bit disjointed, I found. Well, I thought as he was being dipped in, he looked like a little tea bag. And I thought that was nice. But then I realized I couldn't phrase that properly without mentioning tea bags and people would think about no. that. Oh, horrible thing no 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 it's all right because like teabagging though there's like the kind of a they have to wick the sweat away because it gathers <laughs> no stop no. hey stop that now no mm. oh t tom cruise has a very good spin around from hanging like he's kind of hanging down <laughs> and then he kind of spins around to get to if we go on the do computer. mission impossible 2 yeah you're gonna see a whole lot more spinning baby okay. that's all i can tell cool. you and this is when i was wondering like okay does he do his own stunts because that was pretty cool and the fact that he's kind of he's dangling typing on the computer it look it looks good it does look good it does it he sweats and he sweats some more and i think tom cruise is always going to do something that seems like what he's doing here seems like when you think about it for any length of time like it is like way more difficult than you would probably think if you just think about it for two seconds mm. and that's that's classic cruise here because he probably was sweating all over full body workout six hour shoots getting rigged up into this thing in a row i bet he was probably in that position for a day at a time <laughs> I've got a uh, kind of plot hole question for you here, Kevin. I've noticed something wrong with this film. 
I, Whoa. Uh, how did a rat get into this top secret, top security facility? Not, not, a, not a bad person who's going to uh, tell, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I think you'd say, not a mole, a not rat. Not a mole, a rat. A rat, an actual rat has got into the vent where the blokes holded the cables. And he gets, you know, distracted by the rat, drops the thing. Tom Cruise is just, just above the floor and having to do this thing with his arms where he's kind of waving them back and forth. Oh, no, I'm so close to the floor. He did that just long enough for it to be silly and I did start laughing. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. Look, I imagine it would be hard to keep your arms off the floor. The thing as well is because he's wearing glasses, Mm. it's like he's a nerd who's been (laughs) strung up by a bunch of jocks and he's like... And you know that the the captain of the football team is going to come through that door any minute and fucking beat the shit out of him. Make him fucking think twice, yeah? Yeah. That's not a zip wire. That's his underpants elastic. And he's... (laughs) (laughs) And that's sweat. That's not sweat. He's been swirlied right before going in there. That's how much of a nerd this teabag is. Yeah, that bead of sweat coming off him, just about to drop onto the floor, but he catches it in his little uh, little hand there. It's a good work, Tom. And you, know, you might think that's not a big deal, but for Tom Cruise, with such a small hand, it's like, imagine playing Pong with the smallest paddle in the world. You know, I'm thinking here, <laughs> yeah, it's, like yeah, catch, yeah. it's like catching an egg in a frying pan here for me. It's fine, you know? <laughs> Look, they've nearly managed it. He's getting up into the vent. He's been pulled back up. It's almost fine, but the volume sensor's going up a little bit. I was like, oh, fuck. But then, right, the guy's got the cable. He gets up, he grabs the disc and drops his knife that he's got with him down into the vault and it just lands right next to the keyboard. How can he be intelligent enough to be a mole who is sought out on a fucking disavowed list and works his way into an inner circle of a rogue cell that's operating on its own authority and he brings the exact same knife he murdered them with? What the fuck? How is this movie so smart and so at the same time? If I was this movie's teacher, I would just give up. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to tell this movie's parents. You're just not putting the effort in in the writer's room, okay? Need to buck up, buck your ideas up. That wouldn't. That simply wouldn't happen. Now the team managed to get away, but obviously the game has been given away that they've nicked the list. They don't. It's not a clean break because there's a fucking knife there, and the guy, the the, the dweeb who comes in to check on the vault every fifteen minutes or whatever, it's like, oh no, it's been a little thing comes up on the screen saying like data stolen five minutes ago. Or something oh. like that. Like, oh no! And so they've got it, but it's known now that they've got it here. Shouldn't that room have went off and released an alarm of some sort with all his sensors when he had to go shit himself? Like, sure, that would have been like, you know, irregularity yeah. detected. Big, yeah. dirty shit incoming. <laughs> They'd evacuate everyone. <laughs> that poor lad, his coffee got poisoned and he just had to do a big big poo or a sick or both at the same time. And that didn't set off any alarms or anything like that. Now, Kevin, our team hide out in bloody blighty in London, mate. In Way Liverpool Street. London, Way. UK. I'm still stayed in a shit room in Liverpool Street. Do you like seeing London on films and stuff? Because I'm like, oh, I've been been there. I've walked past there. It was great. I remember I went in and the guy said, you're in luck. And I was like, oh, really? I'm in luck. He's like, yeah, you're in luck. You got the room that has five beds in it. And I was like, geez, oh, good. And then he went, you can have a party. (laughs) And then I just felt a little bit weird the whole night. I didn't even push the five beds together. I just... (laughs) 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 <laughs> and just roll across Woo! all of them. <laughs> 
I have I have once stayed in a room where there were two double beds and I did push them together mm. and it was great. I felt like how Tom Cruise must feel in a double <laughs> in a bed. Double bed. <laughs> so they're in London, right? They're in this room, and on the radio, on the radio is the what? football it's the football results, Kevin. And there's you know, there's a lovely mention of Alan Shearer, which is great, but there's also a mention of Nottingham Forest. And the Forest in the Premier League, Forest doing well. And I heard and I had to go back and listen to it because on the little radio that's in the background in this scene, there's a mention of Nottingham Forest. And I thought, holy shit, you reds. Very excited about that. Nottingham Forest on there. Sorry, Nottingham Forest, you reds. You reds. You reds. That's got, that's got to be a reds. bit embarrassing. What? That's got to be a bit embarrassing. Why is it embarrassing? Because there's loads of other red teams that are like way oh. more important. Yeah, Nottingham Forest are the Reds, mate. They're the Reds. Fucking hell. You Reds. Yeah, this is like another tomato sauce coming out and trying to call itself red sauce. Sorry, they're, they're not like, going to say you red specifically from Nottingham because I know there's a lot of other red teams, including Manchester United just go, and things like that. Marianne! I think you'd get on. Uh, <laughs> You know what? It probably all the rotten, horrible fans you hear about from Football Factory, and they'd be like, "Way the sheriff of Nottingham!" Yeah. Boo! I don't think they should be allowed in the grounds. But says. Uh... <laughs> but there you go. That's the Nottingham reference. There's a little mention of Nottingham Forest there, which oh, I was very, well, it's very well giddy for about. Some, when my hometown happens Yee-hee. to have a football league and a team that plays all the big matches. Well, that, I think that was the last time that Forest were, <laughs> were doing oh. well. <laughs> it was all downhill from there. But for a moment there, they were a quality side. One of the main ones. <laughs> they were mentioned in Hollywood movies, such as Mission Impossible. Yeah, I bet. I bet Tom Cruise. He was like, he spent a week in England, and he's like, I want to. I want to give one of these little teams a shout out. I really want to help them. You know, now, big. Te- it was a big team, mate. Big team back in the day. Big team. Big eh? team. Big team for Big Tom Cruise. <laughs> I mean, you know what? There's a part of me right now. Twenty percent. Now mm. it's up to thirty percent. I've started to say the sentence that says that he's a part owner in Nottingham Forest. I'd believe that. <laughs> it's one of those things where you could probably say it, and I'd be like. Not silent partner, Sam. Silent partner. <laughs> <laughs> like he don't yeah, even appear board meetings on the phone. <laughs> uh, also, I liked that Tom Cruise in this scene gets to do a little magic trick, and I wondered if, like, he does his own stunts. He does his own sleight of hand magic, and it was he was doing all the kind of fun, you know, making that disc disappear to piss off. Well, if his level, you know, is to be believed in Scientology, like where he's at with his auditing, like this is, you know, straight up. Tom Cruise. What, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing, doing <laughs> illusions reality. And, and trickery, which pisses off, I think, Krieger? Krug, Krieger? Which is the, the right. French bloke with the cable. <laughs> so what I wrote down here is, he insults the French lad so much, he goes off and becomes the secondary antagonist. Mm. <laughs> like, next time you if see he hadn't him, have done that magic trick, he'd have been fine. But Next time you see this lad, he's in a helicopter with intents to kill and maim. Even scenes like this... I thought there was like a twist that I didn't quite get because he's saying like, you think you've got the list? I've actually got the list. Oh, the list is here. The list is gone. And then later he, he says to Ving Rhames like, he actually did have the list and I managed to, I think he kind of swiped it off him in playing around and pretending that he didn't have the real list.
list or summer. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to have to watch another movie within a little scene. I don't want to have to be delving into that, trying to look at that Wikipedia article, trying to figure out what happened to get the plot synopsis up. No. It's coming, like, instead of having one-liners or, like, it's like The Simpsons where, you know, the, the layered jokes are there, mm. where it's like, there's a joke and that joke itself provides a greater visual gag and then yeah. there's another bit after that that just wraps, you know, there's layers and layers and layers. And it feels like that it here, but instead of it making you laugh, it's meant to make you go, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> there's a bit where he's... He looks at a Bible. He opens the Bible. He does. And the Bible, because he the Bible that he has where he's getting his references for Job yeah. is the Bible that was at the hotel that John Voight said he was being set up at. And he uses that to figure out that John Voight had to have pinned Job the whole goddamn time and on again. the internet. But the problem about that is that when that happens, like Tom Cruise goes like, Huh? And it zooms in on him as it has him going, yeah, can you believe they've got me, the actor John Voight, staying in the hotel, the one that's written there on the book. Yeah, biblical verses on the same page, no less, as Job. But then we have a whole scene where he just meets John Voight and he's like, yeah, I know I'm not dead, but I'm not dead because I have to uncover the mole. And no! Yeah, it's, don't you it, it's the wall all over again I know that he signed the contract don't put me in suspense anymore yeah it's confusing I mean there's a whole bit where his mum and dad get framed for drug trafficking or something it literally happens in the corner of the screen like there's like a little there's like a little bit uh, happening where like right. and his parents are now drug what and so he's on the f- he gets on the phone to the the baddie from well not the baddie but uh, technically the baddie from the IFT or whatever Kittredge gives away his location but he actually wanted them to know and they know that he wanted them to know where he is so he goes to a phone booth in the fucking train station and then yeah John Voight's there to be like ah, I'm, a, I'm alive this non-stop pace the yeah. thing it reminds me most of in this world is the actor Tom Cruise like that is I can only imagine watching this movie is a little bit what it must be like to live with Tom Cruise where he'd wake up in the morning and go Tom did you put the bins out and he goes I put them out last night I put them out two weeks ago I'm going bungee jumping and my shoes are already on wait what I'm at the door what what <laughs> the bin was it the blue bin right when there's this moment here where he, John Voight's explaining what <laughs> happened hold on hold on hold on the plot is making you sigh at this point John Voight's explaining what happened right and what he says happens we also get a flashback to what actually happened contradicting what he said which is kind of supposed to say Tom Cruise kind of knows what's up and he's sort of you know here's what really happened but he's going to go along with this but we get the reveal that his backup man for stabbing Kristen Scott Thomas was the French cable man the man who holded the Tom Cruise doesn't know that does he? Tom Cruise isn't supposed to know that. So why is that in the, Why why do we have more knowledge of what's going on than Tom Cruise does? But he has a bit, but not all of it, but we get some of it. And he's not letting on what he knows as well. That's the bit. You need to you oh, you need to be letting on. You ha- we're on this journey with you, Tom. We're meant to be your friends. It's meant to be a cruise, not a yacht. I started to not know if I knew what I not know didn't know. <laughs> And that's easy for me to say. Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah, then, then he's and he's actively suspecting Claire as well. He's like, "Is Claire on it as well?" I'm like, going into the final act, you're just filled with paranoia and a yeah. bit of uncertainty, which I guess they wanted to take you away from 
the fist pumping spy thrillers of the 80s and the 70s they mm. wanted to make it seem more intrigue. like well, I'm sure yeah intrigue and like no you can't trust anyone and you don't know where you are and ah mm. and undercover and all that jazz and I think they're just trying it's a bit much to fit into what is still a very short, tight little action movie. It's too big for its own britches here with these twists at the end. <sighs> the final bit, right. But I don't care because they're on a train now, you they're know? They're on a train! A- Yay! Choo-choo! And so, Ethan, right, he's given... The disc has been given to Max, who... <laughs> gives... <laughs> tells him that the... Hold on. Dun, Tells dun, him dun, 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 <laughs> the, the money dun, dun, is in a suitcase dun, 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 on the train that all the main characters dun, are now on. They're all on the same train. Dun, dun, but Max dun, can't dun, upload dun, the data dun, to some sort of central dun, server because Ving Rains is there with a mobile dun, phone that is jamming the signal. But a member of the train dun, staff confuses dun, the signal dun, blocker that's a mobile dun, phone for an actual dun, mobile dun, phone, gives it back to him so they briefly do upload it, but they do they don't quite get it, and then they're in the baggage compartment. Hello? And Claire, right? Claire, you remember Claire? <laughs> she, uh, this is just, this whole podcast episode is just trying to sort of explain what happens. She's confessing to her, no, she's explaining to her husband. Yeah, John Voight. John Voight. Yeah, she's gonna, she wants she's going to betray Tom Cruise, and I, I, you're my husband, and I'm going to betray Tom Cruise. But John Voight whips off his mask, and it's what? actually Tom Cruise in the mask. But now John Voight is also actually here as what? well. Tom Cruise is in the mask. Somebody stop me! I'm in love. I'm in love. <laughs> I wish Jim Carrey was in this because uh, that, imagine that would be so much Tom fun. Cruise in the mask, though. Imagine <laughs> that. How scary! Fuck me. He did all of his own CGI in that as well. It's really impressive. He actually became the mask. That's what happens when you reach level ten in Scientology. You become <laughs> the mask. <laughs> Right, I, the the end of this is just just <laughs> twist upon twist. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because John Voight's going on about how sexy his wife is and how her charms worked on Ethan. There's not even that much of that going on. He just not really no trusts her because they were on the same fucking team. And then t- does this kind of Bible verse, "Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife," because <laughs> you trusted my wife. Oh, and also a nod to his his Job alias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible. That's pro- yeah. Here's the thing: if you're ever watching something and you know the actor can't explain it to you, like yeah. the actor is like, "Oh fucking yeah!" And I got that from everyone in this movie except Tom Cruise, <laughs> which is a is a, a compliment of sorts for Mr. Cruise. Yeah. And Tom right pops his video glasses down, and he's like, "Aha!" And for some reason, those video glasses are linked to Kittredge, who's the head of the IMF, I think, or some or some agency. And he's on the train as well because he's after Max, the arms dealer. And so it's revealed to him that Jim John Voight is alive and is actually the baddie. And then Claire gets shot really quickly, and she's gonna done. But look, I tell you what, though, when they go up on the roof of that train, <sighs> I loved how you know, how many times you see be on the top of the train. And it's very silly, or just kind of walking around. That proper, you know, it's gonna rip the skin off you. Yeah, that the wind yeah, yeah. is. I oh that and for 96 
the effects here were exquisitely good. I was happy with the effects here. This Mm -hmm. feels like eating a big bag of passports again after what was a complete, like, sorry, what am I meant to know that's happened here? Who's doing what? There's a helicopter in a train. What? Here we go. Final battle on top of a fast-moving train. Great effect. And you're right, it does look like what you imagine it would actually be like if you got out onto the roof of a train when it's going really fucking quick. It's not that kind of, we can run on a train. And his hair, you can tell because his hair looks silly. Because his hair is pushed down by the wind. And it looks really silly. It's too windy when you know that no dog could conceivably have fun up there. It's too it's too windy. (laughs) Yes. You know? And then we've got French cable man, Krieger, I think, flying a helicopter after them. Helicopter, train. And then the tr- helicopter gets tethered to the train. <laughs> I love that he is there trying to kill Tom Cruise with the blades of the helicopter. And there's all these shots of like Tom Cruise's bulging neck being like, and it's it's coming closer and closer. And I love the idea of him like I don't know cutting his throat and then crashing the helicopter and killing him and everyone there like. This guy's got Mission accomplished. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I want to know what that guy's deal is. The guy who wants to fucking kill everyone so he can... It's like he's going for an achievement in a video game. Cut Tom Cruise's head off with a helicopter. All right, it's a late game run. I guess I'll give it a whirl. I was thinking it, it does have a video gamey thing there that, like, Tom Cruise, what he's got to do is let the boss get close enough to him. Uh, tap can, X really that, hard. He can grab the weak point, which is, you know, one of those classic helicopter chains that you can attach a helicopter to whatever you want or was it the, on the he, the, for some reason there's a cable there that he can attach to the helicopter to bind the oh, helicopter yeah, yeah, and no, train together yeah it's fine. the same way they killed Budgie the helicopter went down the same way like you know it's a classic tactic against like a, a particularly dangerous copter helicopter in a tunnel I know I know it's serious but the, the, look this, Come this on is good now. stop <laughs> I'm, that I'm <laughs> I will never stop when something is in something I know I know it's serious and then we get uh, David Schneider, a comedy actor from the 90s, who gets to be a train conductor going... Big laugh oh, from me. Oh, the train is close. Oh, we got to speed up. But we're not meant to have helicopters here in England. We've only, got, hover, we've only got hovercrafts and rain. <laughs> this tunnel is so long, by the way. Is this the... This is not the Channel Tunnel. They're not going to well, France, they were, they were are they? to France, I'm pretty sure are they, they were, in, yeah. In the, uh, well, they're in a big, long tunnel, big final showdown between John Voight, man in the helicopter, Tom Cruise, and... It, you know what? When, yeah. when one of the sides is in a helicopter inside of a tunnel chasing a train, it doesn't really feel like a fair fight to me. I don't know what that is, but like, I felt that Tom had it pretty much in the pocket as soon as he was in that tunnel. Yeah, and he's still got some of that lovely exploding chewing gum because he, while on the helicopter, because there's a bit where the two of them are dangling from a fucking helicopter... Oh, I'd seeing John Voight try to do high-end fucking, you know, them cutting John yeah, Voight yeah. be like, uh, uh. It's like, what, you're not watching Tom Cruise fight a fucking bed. It's so shit. <laughs> he uses his special chewing gum to blow up the helicopter and somehow jump through the blast back no, 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 onto he, the train. He allows himself to be exploded. He like, kind of goes with it. He's like, oh. Yeah. Know, he just kind of lets... He doesn't worry about it, basically. He just lets it do its thing and kind of opens his shirt up and he lands his... I'll tell you what, it's one of the sexiest explosions we've seen on Swirl in a long time. It's a good explosion, that. And it, it lands in perfectly on the train, which feels very satisfying. And he's almost... He's very Christ-like, isn't he, at the end there, where he's all, like, screwed out. And they're like, oh, wow, who is this masked man of intrigue who is a big secret agent? How will he get away with this? What's the cover story? We cut to him in Ireland. Why? 
Listen to the Crackberries. Yeah. And you know what? He's really happy. His parents are fine. And his dead teammates are just that. Dead. More nutrients for all of us guys, right? The yeah. humans don't like how I'm talking about the fallen comrades. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things that we don't really get our heads around. Like why so those all those fallen teammates died because for no real reason and is he still in the good books with that guy who was trying to have him killed? Also kill him as or bring well, him in? how do you take anything if you're the head of the IMF at face value seeing something going, Oh, it's the baddie when it's been proven over and over again you can look like anyone with one of these masks. <laughs> and he's and he's dead now as well. And Tom Cruise is somehow in the clear nah, that ain't gonna fly <laughs> but it doesn't matter because Tom Cruise and Bing Rames having a lovely drink in a pub going way he makes out at the end it's so lazy it's so silly and Bing Rames is like you gotta join up with me and do some more missions for the CIA and the IMF and Tom Cruise is like nah I, I think I've left that life behind me now and then he goes on a plane and the lady comes up and is like do you want to be a secret agent he's like, yes Yes, please. Yes, please. Do, and, do, and, do, do, yeah. do, 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 He do, looks do. miserable when he says yes, and then the remix kicks in, baby. Yeah. <sighs> An exhausting time. <laughs> An exhausting time trying to think about this film after I've watched it. That was it. I think it's not fair on this movie. Mm. To, it, like, I don't think this movie had anticipated a viewer to have to explain what happens afterwards. <laughs> that was the furthest thing from their intention. This doesn't happen often on Swell. I think this movie has got worse in me having to remember yes. it. <laughs> You spoiled the fun in recalling the movie, and it's, that's a very interesting thing to have happened. Yeah, the more I think about it, the less I enjoyed it. As I was watching it, I thought, yeah, it's all right. You know, it, it is what it is. I don't really understand what's happening. If there was a maximum thinking aloud bar, we mm. went into the red here now, and it's kind of flashing a bit. Like you know, <laughs> I've fallen victim to this so many times that I let myself try and figure things out in films rather than just letting myself be led by emotion and feeling and kind of colours I think that's what this film is trying to do it's trying to go hey this stuff is happening but you don't really need to know you just need to kind of feel your way through it just going kind of I was feeling like that and then I realised if I didn't start thinking at some point I'd have fucking nothing to talk about <laughs> yeah why is he bad who's he what's yeah, going on with like, this yeah. honestly it it works in some respects because it bamboozles the senses but yes. i would have rather been bamboozled by non-stop explosions he says not knowing if mission impossible 2 is around the corner <laughs> or not i don't even know what to say about this film <laughs> would you want to watch it again no not really were you at any point and i think this is the like this movie we could all agree is meant to be high octane mm. whatever the brand of it it's meant to be like yeah. yeah were you close to fist pumping the air getting that feeling you know the feeling i'm talking about the action movie thrill ride feeling there was tense and exciting bits the dangling down into the vaults good the first mission good the, all the kind of main action set pieces <gasps> set pieces now the i think about effect it. is what it yeah. is <laughs> the train bit the dangly bit the bit at the start all good it all felt good i was like i was enjoying it i didn't hate it i thought that yeah you know and tom cruise is fine as an actor you know he's doing his tom cruise stuff he's, he's cruising he's cruising through it and he's, doing he's on job. cruise control for lack yeah. of a better term 
So all those bits, I think they ticked all the right boxes. I enjoyed the POV stuff when it came in. I reckon if you didn't have Tom Cruise in the lead role, all right, if, case in point from a recent swill, we yeah. had a lot of time talking about the protagonist of the noughties that is Mark Wahlberger. Yes. And how much of an issue we had with him in the Planet of the Apes remake and how neutral yep. he was. As a very neutral presence, what would this movie be like if you took out Tom Cruise and put in Mark Wahlberg? Could it stand up on its own two feet or would it... Like, is Tom Cruise bringing the magic that makes this a watchable blockbuster as opposed to a big load of steaming mess with some set pieces stuck on top? There's a few things in it that make it watchable and I think one of those is Tom Cruise. I think it's got to mm. be said. I think if you removed him from it, you'd have a harder time feeling okay about how confused they, you are. They wouldn't have made another one if Tom Cruise wasn't at the helm. No, no, no. Also, like, I'm not silly, am I? It is, this is confusing, this film. You don't really know what's going on. I think you're going to get it from different fronts. There'll be people who think you're silly that you didn't understand the plot. There'll be people who think you're silly for trying to understand the plot. Yes. And there are people who think you're silly for spending time full stop <laughs> trying to Talking think. Talking about this. <laughs> as opposed to actually just going, uh, yeah. But yeah. we've tried just drooling with our mouths open on a podcast and it doesn't, the audio no. doesn't really capture well. So no, we had to have that <laughs> stricken from the record and removed from iTunes. The movie perhaps took me by surprise in that I did not expect it to have twists and turns. But fuck me if it does not take time to explain itself. It surely does not. It really is not interested no. in doing that. Oh, this, is, this is weird because I've got to balance my what I felt when I had but first like, watched maybe it. Maybe... You know, if you're someone who watches a standard action movie, like a standard issue Bond, and you think, this is so fucking pedestrian, I'm so bored, like I want mm. a little bit more. Like if you want, if you're a bit more high functioning than Sam and me, <laughs> you know, maybe this would be a fucking delight for you. Okay, but I don't think the twists always make sense. I don't, I don't think any of it makes sense. I don't think it, it's not, it's not like, ah, okay. It's not like a, uh, well, I was going to say like a Christopher Nolan thing where it's complicated and there's loads of shit going on but when you actually do understand it it does make sense and it, it rewards re-watching I don't want to go back and watch this again and be like ah I know who's who now and I know who betrays who and who's on whose side I don't It feels very shit. procedural and very dry a lot of yeah. like the actual plot that leads to the twists in many times is very <sighs> very dry because they often don't spend time on screen talking about it. They do that off screen or mention it in one line and go on and do something else where they pretend not to know about it. Character comes back, he's in a helicopter and he's bad now. Sure, he's been a baddie all along and that's... He's we a, ju we just see the just... look in his eye? <sighs> he's French. The come knife on. was the same, Sam! <laughs> Ah, uh, I had a time with this, and I, I keep coming back to the fact that like my feelings have changed having talked about it, which is interesting. Were, but you know what? When I said initial gut reaction... Mm. I wasn't like, I was like Way! yeah there was no. a lip smack at the start of that mm. like you know there, there was perhaps a less like I, I feel the explaining while it did detract it didn't necessarily bring you to where you were I feel like you were there kind of already yeah yeah, I, I think don't so. know. I mean, we have watched a very high octane, much sillier, much more you know, trying to be fun and funny action spy adventure not that long ago. Yeah. I don't know if that was in your mind much when you were watching it, if True Lies was, was hovering Maybe, over this. Because that was much more fun. This wasn't this wasn't mm, those set pieces I thought they were good, but were they were, were they, they fun? Fun? Does that matter? That's can't be the No, it, uh, it does. It really does. Yeah. In a movie like this, it does matter if it's fun. Mm. Okay. I I don't think a movie that ends with a train being chased by a helicopter, helicopter. If, if if you're going, 
was that was fun? it was it fun like if it that if you don't think that's immediately fun i mean i thought that's fun but if you don't think that's immediately fun then i don't know like you know <sighs> really in a bind I, I don't know if you can see the cogs turning in my head trying to work out a, seriously a, yeah there's, a, there's a, a dot 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 coming here so i'm gonna ask you i'm flipping for, between two between two flip between things. two okay well do your mental coin toss <laughs> okay. and then tell me your star wipe rating for Mission Impossible. Hmm. I've got an actual coin. Okay. Oh, look at this. I've got two in my head. Two different okay. choices here. And I'm going to... two star wipes here. Uh, oh, jeez. Well, I'm going to assign one... Okay, that one's heads. All right. Do your, do your assignments. Here we go. Two star wipes. You jerk. You heard it here first. Oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at cinema swirl on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers, bye.